Hello, welcome back to Creative Blessings with Father Nico Picri and Chris Katsakis. We are actually in episode 12. Today is January 28th, 2020. Uh, if you have 2020 vision, you're right in line with our podcast. Um, today we're going to be um, exploring some new ideas and talk about a recent uh, crossover series through the DC Universe on the CW Network called Crisis on Infinite Earths and uh, Green Lantern, one of the Father's uh, special heroes in his life. So, uh, welcome back, Father. Thanks and for Happy everybody. New Year. Well, it's, happy think, New Year. I think uh, Larry David, who did Seinfeld, said you can't say Happy New Year after, like, <laughs> you know, you're beyond <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the allowed... Uh, uh, allotment of time once you reach like the 15th or 20th you can't say happy new year. good year coming well that's that's yeah. fine because that's around that's around the time people forget their news new, new year's resolutions anyway oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so tell us what's been new how was your holiday pretty good pretty good yeah. and i uh i i enjoyed uh the cw crossover crisis on infinite earths quite a bit i didn't uh expect to like it as much as i did but um yeah I'm, i don't really follow those shows again i don't want to sound like a like a you know, wet blanket, but, um, I actually thought this was really cool. So, um, yeah, we had a total yeah. of, uh, five episodes crossover. It was, it was five episodes so and like a hundred cameos or something. It yeah. was just great. So in the first word in nine, yeah. in the end of 19, it was three episodes and they finished it off two episodes about a week. So, uh, and then they included all their shows. Well, I guess they did. I mean, black lightning's in it, but it wasn't, I don't think his show was involved in the crossover but it wasn't it wasn't an official episode but they did do a crossover episode yeah, yes yeah, yeah. Okay. what'd you think what'd you think i really enjoyed it i got a kick out like of the cameos like you said it was a lot of very nostalgic i think they um they did it they did the comic justice uh and how it ended and um you know i thought um acting was good the, the, the plot they stayed uh, faithful to the original miniseries or 12-issue uh, run, uh, which is still one of my favorite. I mean, I love George Perez's art, and I also thought it was oh, great yeah. that they gave a nod to the author. You know, yes, I love that. <laughs> could you could you please make it out to Marv? Yeah, M A R M A R V. Yeah, yeah, Marv Wolfman. To those yeah. listening, the original writer of the of the uh, comic had a cameo in this, where he walks up to Flash and Supergirl and asks for their autograph. Yes, yes. <laughs> And it was, yeah, it was great. There were some nods to the animated shows in there. There were yeah. some nods to the movie, all the movie universe in there. Um, my favorite was seeing an older Brandon Routh as Superman once again. I thought that was great. I really enjoyed uh, Superman Returns when it came out 15 years ago now. So, um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And I enjoyed seeing John Wesley Ship as the Flash he played in the 90s, not, you know, coming back as the Flash. And they utilized the character, nice send-off. Mm -hmm. So that kind of wrapped that up. Did you ever watch the original show? Oh, yeah. Oh, in 19. I was mm -hmm. 19. 90. Uh, yeah, I was 19. So, yeah, I, I, really, I really enjoyed it. I mean, back then, that was that costume, I still think it holds up pretty well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And well, uh, What was the name, of the, the, the name of the guy who designed that costume? Uh, uh, Stan... Winston. Uh, Winston. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The guy who did like the Predator costumes yeah, and yeah. stuff. Very, very big in the industry, and he, he, yeah, he knocked it out of the park with that. Oh yeah. I mean, sometimes practical applications work better than CGI and things like that. But you know that you know Rick Baker and Stan Winston, even James Cameron, they were all, like creature makers back in the day when hmm. the the budgets. You know, you didn't have. Uh, 
you know, you had blue screen and you can have matting effects, but you didn't have the computer throwing in all the, I mean, even the running effects were pretty basic. Sometimes, though, the more grounded it is, the more realistic it looks. I, I mean, think you so. know, sometimes they go over the top with CGI nowadays. They fall in love with the computers and stuff, and um, <clears throat> sometimes more realistic is way better, even I mean, if it may not be as I elaborate think, or fancy, but I think it's great. I think the, uh, and it's an, it's a, not a lost art, but it's an art that is mainly in cinematic special effects, was uh, matte, glass matte painting. They painted on glass. Mm. So most of the Star Wars scenes, the backgrounds, the landing oh, yeah. base, they were all paintings that they just montaged. And I think they were beautiful works of art. And, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you know, they, they, and I always thought that, you know, using the practical models and the lighting, like the original Star Trek, the motion picture, you just get, mm -hmm. you get lighting that is natural, that even, I mean, they've gotten really a lot better, uh, you know, with the CGI, but I still feel the, the tangible quality that probably still, um, you know, you still can still do. I mean, uh, I know they went to a lot of, they went back to a lot of practical effects with the new Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, and I loved, I love models. I think, I think models look great. I wish people would do them more. They just look, they just look better. I think. Oh yeah, personally, and all that. Yeah. So Crisis was enjoyable, um, and uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Uh, we were talking before we started recording. They have Pennyworth uh, on the new streaming service, Epics, which is uh, Alfred uh, before. Bruce Wayne grows up as Batman. It was interesting. There's just so many shows now they're they're pumping out. I don't know how I'm going to keep up with it. You know? I know. Tell me about it. And I just I, I just I just watched Picard, which was phenomenal. You know, mm. wait, I just can't wait to see more of it. They did a job with TV. And that's out of the comic book. <laughs> you know, I think uh, has. I think Ricky Gervais said it. We should just give the awards to Netflix because everything <laughs> everything's on the TV now. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway, no worries. So, well, one of the things one of the things I wanted to say, um, and this might segue into our main topic today. Um, so, at the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths, the the CW miniseries, um, without giving anything away, without major spoilers, um, there is a mild spoiler I'm about to say right now, but it has no effect on the story itself. It's more a nod to the fans, and that is on the last episode. Basically, it was revealed that every single TV show and movie that DC has ever put out is now considered to be canon. It's just a different Earth, so to speak. Right. And so there's this, you know, there was a lot of wonderful nods to different, you know, scenes and different worlds and stuff. And uh, this kind of segues into um, uh, something that I wanted to talk about today that's a very personal story, which is at one point at the very end of the CW shows, they um, had a clip of Green Lantern from the Ryan Reynolds movie from 2012 or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not not a very good movie. Not a very good movie. But um, I think it bears looking into at least the concept of Green Lantern. They haven't abandoned it. They're, they're making another movie right now with um, David Goyer as the writer and director. And David Goyer did the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, he wrote that. He wrote Man of Steel. I'm not really holding my breath about it, but we'll see where it goes. Uh, I, heard a rumor, but just, I heard a rumor of Tom Cruise. I, I had heard that rumor too, but I don't know if it actually is going to happen. I think that was a couple of years ago when they were looking at a different director, okay. but I don't know. But in any case, so for those out there who may not have seen the movie, and you're not missing much if you haven't, but um, the comic is definitely something that is a really, really cool concept. Um, it's a character that came out, I mean, in this iteration in the 1950s. And the story of Green Lantern is one that was really resonating with me while I was at seminary. I will get to that in just a minute. Um, 
basically the premise is that there are it's there's an there's a universal there's an intergalactic peacekeeping force of aliens and, and human beings called the Green Lantern Corps, like the Marine Corps, and they're like basically you know policemen that are in space. Um, so, and, and again, I'm just apologies right now to those who are rolling their eyes. Like, of course, we know Green Lantern is. It's been around forever. And everybody loves it. Um, but just in case. So the way it works is that there is one central planet that all the Green Lantern powers and energy is stored. And that planet sends out rings into the entire universe. And these rings select basically one being on every planet or every sector of space that they select who is fearless and courageous and heroic and all that stuff right the 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 person is selected they are transported back to the home world the the green lantern home world where the where the guardians are they are trained and then they are sent back to their sector of space and they patrol and they become basically that that the superhero that the police officer of that sector of space it's a really cool story and uh, one that is just such a cool concept. You can do so many things with it. Um, there's been some great stories, even in the 2000s, I think. Um, Jeff Johns, who's big into the DC movie production right now and Warner Brothers Studios, um, he's kind of a showrunner and um, creative chief creative officer, whatever the term is. He did a phenomenal run on Green Lantern in the early 2000s, which I really, really loved. Um, and actually, it was being published while I was at seminary, so it's it's very very near and dear to me. Totally recommend that. And um, yeah, if you wanted to add anything to that, Chris, I mean, if I left anything else, uh, uh, anything out, throw it out there. Um, I always enjoyed Green Lantern. Funny enough, though, I never really read much of the comic just when he was part of the Justice League. Um, I do have issues, but I never really got into. Uh, I did as we were talking, recording. I loved the episode as a kid, uh, the Super Friend. Uh, where they try to change the origin, and that was really well done. I always liked the voice of Hal Jordan, the Superman. I just loved the the idea, the character, the costume, and uh, it just it was very enjoyable. And I, I love the classic uh, Green Lantern from Justice Society, and the actual Lantern, uh, the Alex mm-hmm. Ross interpretation is great. And I always loved the oath in brightest day, in blackest night, blackest night, no <laughs> evil shall escape my sight. Uh, let those who worship evil's might. Beware my power. I watch too much. I get. I watch too much Big Bang Theory because they were saying that a lot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that um, oh, it is. Yeah, very very cool. There's so much that we could say about it, and and that that universe just opened up so much with some of the recent stories they did with like the Sinestro Corps and the different colors of core. It just it was just really really cool. And and to, to play devil's advocate, no pun intended. Um, going back to the Green Lantern. Um, there were qualities of it I really liked. I liked the actor they got for Sinestro. I think they mm-hmm. depicted Oa really well. I just think, um, I don't think Ryan Reynolds was right for uh, They even poke fun in Deadpool uh, 2, I believe. He makes fun of the part. Oh, really? Yeah, at the end. What does he say? He's like, oh, that, that stupid movie. Green. Like so, I forget, he's like somebody sitting at a table. and he, I, I forget how they incorporate it, but I have to go back and look. But it was a, a dig on... Uh, the Deadpool from X Men's Origin and Green Lantern, like these are lemons, even bother. So they were, <laughs> they were poking fun at you know himself, and then uh, um, the actor that played the villain, I just never cared for him, and it was cheeseball role. And then Tim Robbins played his dad. The actor and him weren't that much different in age, and it just 
just the things he was creating with the ring just seemed hokey. It just didn't fit the what I would expect the green, you know, and the constructs. Uh, yeah. Now, mind you, this was what how many years ago did that come up? Eight years ago, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. and maybe ten. I yeah. think you know they they didn't know what they were going for the serious or something. it was it was in between camp and serious, and I think that's where they got lost. And I think they tried to put too much origin and not enough of a story. Like you know, it, they tried to wrap it up in two hours, and it just fell apart. And um, I don't know. I just, uh, however, I mean, then in subsequent movies with Wonder Woman, they show like at the beginning, um, I believe it was Wonder Woman, where they show. I think Justice League, where, the, where Justice, there's a Green Lantern. There's a Green Lantern, yeah. but so, she's she's narrating, yeah. Yeah, so that's at least you know they keep they kind of followed up with that. But you know, I'd love to see more of the Green Lantern and maybe the Green Lantern. Um, I think it would it would make an interesting. I think it would make an interesting B series. They went oh, that'd be movie. awesome! Even an anthology series, which were great, you know, Tales oh, yeah. of the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, why don't you continue and tell us more about how it affected you and the seminar, so to speak? Well, I'll tell you. I mean, you know, so this is this is me coming as a you know sci-fi comic book geek. Um, going to seminary. So I was always a Green Lantern fan. I liked Green Lantern in the 90s when I was reading comics as a kid. Um, and, you know, right around the time I got to college, um, I definitely was feeling a calling to the priesthood, as I've as I've said before on this, on our podcast. Um, when I finally made the choice to go to seminary, um, it definitely felt like it was something that I was being called to do. It wasn't something where, like, I just woke up one morning and said, oh, you know what, I think I want to do that. It was more kind of um, this, you know, in just... A feeling that I had that was probably not unlike just birds flying south for the winter. I mean, they just know where they're supposed to go and what they're supposed to do because it's just the right thing to do. You know, I um, did you ever have? I'm just curious. Did you ever have that feeling as a younger person? Or was this just something that developed? Do you think your older, not your older years, your um, mature years? Yeah, I um, I definitely believed in God as a kid, and I definitely um, tried to pray at one point. I remember deliberately at one point trying to. You know, when I was like in middle school trying to pray on my own and read the Bible on my own a little bit. But no, I didn't even think about becoming a priest until I got to college when I was thinking about careers and stuff. But um, it just hit me when I was, you know, praying. I mean, it found me. Yeah, that's that's the whole that's the whole point. And that's one of the reasons I resonated was I just felt there was something that just found me. So um, it was something I had to sort through, but ultimately face and and look at the reality and felt. And, and I was like, you know what? I think that God has has called me to the priesthood. You know, you could say chosen, not that it makes, you know, a person who wears a collar, you know, more important or more special than anybody else. I mean, there's many parts to the body of Christ. The priesthood is one part of the body of Christ. It is one unique part of the body of Christ. And yes, you know, uh, sacred. Uh, but it's still, you know, one um, type of calling. And it definitely is a calling. So I definitely felt that after I had kind of worked through it, prayed about it, sorted through my feelings about it, talked to my priest about it, talked to my family about it and everything. I finally um, had to be transported, if you will, to the one spot in our country um, that offers a master of divinity, and that's an Orthodox, and um, that is a Greek Orthodox school, and that's in, that's at HCHC, you know, Hellenic College, Holy Cross in, uh, in Brooklyn, Massachusetts. So I felt like I was um, um, called, I was, I had, I had been chosen by you know the ring kind of floating down like they do in the pages of green lantern and selecting and you know saying the name of the individual and then the second they put the ring on they're transported to a place where they have to be trained and all four of those years that i was at seminary from 04 to 08 um i definitely felt like it was meant to be my training ground and then obviously when i was done um, i was sent back to my home metropolis and 
you know, the story continued from there, and then I became <laughs> Green Lantern of Sector 510. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> well, now I know <laughs> why when I tried to pass you yellow mustard, the Luxicon, you went, no, no, no. <laughs> the color yellow, no. <laughs> I hate mustard anyway, so maybe, who knows? Maybe that was meant to be. How old were you uh, when, like, at what age? You said master's. Your undergrad 18. was, so you Well, I... I I, I, I first felt a calling to the priesthood at 18, my okay. freshman year of college, and then I went when I was 22. Yes. Yeah, so so I finished I finished undergrad and then went straight there. How, yeah. how just out of curiosity, if I look, do the majority of seminarians come straight from high school? They come from undergrad. They find their way there. If they if they come from high school, they wouldn't go to the grad school right away. They, you need an well, you need they, a yeah, bachelor's yeah, yeah, okay. So, so they would go to Hellenic College. Hellenic College. Um, when I was there, the college was about like maybe a quarter of the um, enrollment of the school, of the, of the whole institution. Um, you know, it was a little over 200 students, I want to say, and I'm going to say at least 150 of them were in the seminary. Okay. Um, and, uh, and like, you know, another 50 were in Hellenic College. And um, I would say most of the ones in Hellenic College, at least half of the ones in Hellenic College, were going for the priesthood, and they were just doing their bachelors there. Some of them, like our youth director uh, at our parish, Anna, um, you know, went for to major in psychology, and right. other people do other careers. You know, through that school too. Did you have any co-students that were older? Or you oh think? yeah, oh yeah. In in fact, in the old days, it used to be you you went straight out of college or you went straight out of high school into one or the other. Uh-huh. But uh, nowadays, a lot of guys go as a second career. You know, okay. they just it doesn't feel it doesn't. You know, they 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 get a job, they start working, they get married, they have a family, and then all of a sudden. It kind of hits them like you know I don't feel fulfilled doing this the rest of my life you know, wow. and um, and a lot of them uh, decided that's that's when the ring chooses them so to speak right that's when yeah. that's when they're they're chosen or they're called, um, and they're transported to uh, to Oa. Well, you get a, to, to you get a salary, there. a pension, insurance, and a good chance to go into heaven. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> a better chance than most. God willing. God willing. God willing. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, so it's uh, yeah. I was, but I was definitely out of. There was, I think, twenty plus guys in my class who were uh, who graduated from the from the seminary um, that year in two thousand eight, and all but one of them, I want to say, were going for the priesthood. Of those twenty, let's say, I want to say only four of us had come from a public university or from a university from an undergrad that was not Hellenic College. So. Right. There's that, and then maybe another four or five more come from Hellenic College. So less than half of us were in our, you know, were in our twenties. So anyway, and it's different for everybody, obviously. Are some of the guys? Well, no. Well, if they're already married, how does that work? If they come to there's there's married student housing, yes. and there's you know, there's 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 the dorms, but there's also like apartments, and there's also like you know kind of houses, right. depending on you know what the, what the family's needs are. Interesting. Yeah, I heard yeah. the actually I heard the Catholic Church the Pope is saying allowing uh, married men now to become priests, not ones that have already taken celibate, but that, that have been married and want to come back. So I thought that was interesting. I don't know if that's going to fly, but I they already allow it if it's like an Anglican priest or somebody who's married and has a family and then wants to convert to Catholicism. Uh, the person takes brings their family with them, but that's kind of rare. Yeah. Okay. But that's true. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. But anyway, there's all there's all different shapes and sizes and walks of life and everything, just like you know, in the Green Lantern course. So, um, so before our episode today, I actually went back to my collection and there was a book that I had on my shelf while I was at seminary. So in addition to all my theology books and all my papers and packets and stuff, I did have a little graphic novel section in my in my dorm on one of my shelves there, and I had it for 
diaskedasi, uh, as we would say in Greek, for just kind of for fun and kind of unwinding. And it was definitely my outlet, and I definitely got back into comics a lot while I was at seminary because it was just a, it was just a hobby of mine. And as my responsibilities kind of started increasing in my life, I started enjoying these things more, and I started seeing these things in a different light. So I pulled out what at the time was the definitive origin story for Green Lantern. There was a story called Emerald Dawn. Did you ever read it? I not have read. No, I have not read that. It's a good one. I think I think Jeff Johns Jeff Johns uh, did another story about fifteen years later called Secret Origin, um, which I thought was even better. But but Emerald Dawn was great. Um, and there's a section in the book where where it starts with Hal Jordan being selected by this ring. I mean he's 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 a he's a screw up in his life. He has you know he's he's let a lot of people down all the time, just like in the movie. Right. But still, the ring sees something even despite his imperfections. They st- he the ring still sees the potential there. The ring is kind of sentient and it talks to him and stuff. Um, and at one point, it just kind of grabs him. It, it gets on his hand and it it, it it takes him to where he needs to go. Um, and all the while, it's kind of explaining to him what an honor it is to be in the Green Lantern Corps. And this section in this book always resonated with me and really hit home with me on a personal level to the point where I even remember reading it with some of my seminarian buddies and they thought it was really cool. So I'm just, I just have a little section here that I'd like to read um, again, written in 1990 by, I believe Keith Giffen. I could be wrong here. Um, but anyway, so the ring says the following. So when he's describing what Hal Jordan is getting into, he says, uh, the ring says the core as in the green lantern core is the root of all order and knowledge. The core is the maintainer of life and the guardian of truth. Without the core, there would only be chaos and darkness. The core is without fear, without anger, or corruption. The core has battled against the forces of chaos for a millennium. To serve is the ultimate honor. Knowledge is the sum of all reason and perception. Power is force prevailing over mass. Power without reason is chaos. Force without knowledge is destructive. The core is ultimate knowledge harnessed to ultimate power. The lantern is the source. The core is the knowledge, the lantern, the power. Chaos is routed, order is maintained. Wield the power, maintain order. It is a great honor. So those were uh, the words of the ring um, by way of Abin Sur, who was the dying Green Lantern who bequeathed the uh, honor on Hal Jordan, who was... uh, Probably who's probably the most famous of the characters, but uh, anyway, as you can see from that language, it's very, it's it's great, it's it's powerful, it's it's nerdy, and it's also awesome. And it it for me, when I read that as a seminarian for the first time, or maybe right before seminary, you can see the parallels there. It's obviously a great honor um, to be a priest, and uh, you know, battling against the forces of you know chaos and corruption and anger and fear and all these things. Um, which Christ also himself came to combat. So I always thought that was very cool. I'm not sure how much the writer intended for it to be kind of a Christian metaphor. There's even like a book of Oa, um, which can be looked at as there. It's it's the it's the guidebook of the Green Lanterns. Um, and, you know, was it intended to be the Bible or something biblical or messianic? Who knows? But I always got a kick out of it, and I loved it. So um, this story uh, and this character was always very, very close to me at a very formative time in my life, and uh, I just thought it was really cool. So you know, and and other characters followed as well, like Superman and, and others. But but Green Lantern always I thought was really, really special in that way for me. Absolutely. So so there you go. Thank you for sharing. Great. Um, Thanks, pal. Now you just got to get a little green in your. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I guess a, I, I guess, a, I guess Saint, yeah. Saint Patrick's Day. <laughs>
There you go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's great. Um, have you, do you have any advice for any who might be theology, male or a young man, uh, what they might contemplate? Um, it definitely has to be a result of prayer. And to the best of our ability, we try to sort through it on our own, asking God for guidance, um, and definitely with the guidance of a spiritual father, because, you know, there's people who are just kind of um, lost in life and don't know what they want to do, and they might think that the priesthood is something for them um, because they're close to the church or their faith or whatever, but that rarely works out, you know. I mean, usually um, a, a spiritual father can see kind of right through that, you know. But if it's a, it has to be a genuine calling. Again, not that that makes anybody, makes us more... Um, somehow above all the rest of humanity, but uh, but it definitely has to be one of those moments where one is is called, or one is chosen, and 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 only only you can look in your heart and answer that. Um, and same with theology school in general. I mean, if you want to study your faith more and think that it can be applied to your career with teaching or whatever it might be, youth ministry, something like that, I think that's great. But I think it has to be a result of prayer, and and that really goes to any de- any big decision we make in life, any decision we make in life. I think prayer needs to be the cornerstone, as as Jesus said, and as as the church teaches us. Oh, thank you. All right, so I think we're gonna now segue into our trivia portion of the show, and we had decided a couple episodes ago instead of both doing trivia for each other uh, questions, but back and forth. We would alternate episodes, and last episode, Father had conducted questions directed to me about the Christmas spirit. And today, uh, we're going to actually go a little secular and go uh, looking toward, well, heading towards questions for the Academy Awards that's coming up in about, what, a week? Or this, it's not this weekend, is it? No, I think it's after the Super Bowl. I don't remember what day. Well, yeah, the Super Bowl is this Sunday, so yeah. it's probably the following. So within the next couple of weeks, we have... God, I don't even know the number now. It's it's. Uh, oh, I no, I, I do know the number because one of my questions to that. But uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, I'm just I just didn't figure out the math. But if I figure out the math, then um, so I guess we'll start with what year was the first Academy held, and mm. what two years did it reflect? So it actually was the first year they had the event. And what two two years of worth of movie? Because it was a much smaller event, it was more like a dinner oh. that they they actually gave. Award. When 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 did the academy itself become the academy, or did the academy awards? The first dinner awards. Uh, they they actually called it um, AMPS. It wasn't the Academy Motion Picture. Uh, well, it was the Academy Motion Picture Sciences, and then it, they got the name the Oscars down the road. But the very first awards ceremony, which was a dinner. Hmm. I'm gonna say. This might be a little. 1927? Well, I'm going to give you half a point, but yeah, it's 1929, but the films wow. the films were from 27 and 20 combined. Hey, Both all right. years of film, so very good. Um, I, I know that because I remember the movie The Jazz Singer, which is very controversial today and not PC at all, um, because about, it was about a guy wearing, wearing blackface, but the movie The Jazz Singer was the first movie in sound I mean, with, with with dialogue and stuff spoken, and that was 27. And I want to say he got a special Academy Award so for, for like, technological advancement or something. So, yeah, that was close. Okay. Uh, second question. This um, director actually directed a movie in 2002 adapted by a graphic novel, and it won the Academy Award for Best Cinematography. And he is again nominated, well, the film is nominated, in the Academy this year for Best Picture. Um, the same director. 
So the first movie he did that I'm talking about is 2002. Road, Road to Perdition? Yeah. Is it Road to Perdition? But who's okay. the who's the director? Ah, was it Sam Mendes? You got it. All right. Good job. Yes, yeah, Sam Mendes, and he just did 1970, which I'm hearing wonderful things about. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but it seems like we've gotten a lot more World War One stuff in... in you hear about it more. I mean, you used to only hear about World War II, but we just passed the 100th anniversary of World War One, so I think people are thinking about it more. I will say, by the way, that, that Road to Perdition is a great crime story written by a guy who named Max Allen Collins, who um, has written a lot of comics um, that are crime comics and some Batman. Um, he's also written a lot of crime novels, and uh, he's a pretty good writer, so I... I, I haven't read the graphic novel, but uh, I thought the movie was great. Yeah, I like the movie with Tom Hanks, well, Paul Newman. I think it was. And nice. an, another bit of trivia: you might not know this. the The little kid in that movie, yes. that Tom Hanks is protecting, is now the guy who plays Superman, Superman. on the CW yeah. show. Yeah, and and Crisis. Cool. Yes, I did know that. Yeah, Tyler that nice? Tyler Ho Hocklin, I think his yeah, name is. Hochlin. Hecklin. Hecklin. Yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I when you said that, I was like, oh yeah, wait a minute, I forgot he the. He was a little boy that grew well. He was 12 or 13. He grew up to be, mm -hmm. yeah, interesting. And this one, um, let's see. I mean, probably with this. Um, it was first comic book adaptation to get nominated for an Academy Award, but it was not a live action film. Oh, interesting. To be nominated for an Academy Award. Oh, was it the very first Max Fleischer Superman cartoon? Yes, from 1941. But it didn't win, did it? It, it don't, I don't think it won Best Short, Best Animated Short. Less it was not lost to Mickey Mouse cartoon, Linda Paul. Ah. Yes, so no, it did not okay. win. Okay. Yeah. Those cartoons yeah, to this day they're phenomenal. are fantastic. I mean, they're such an achievement in animation and cinematography and stuff. I mean, very, very cool. Yeah, I think... You Those are right up there with with the '78 Superman movie with Christopher Reeve for me for best adaptation of Superman ever. Oh uh, yeah, you went on in that in the keynote address about the Fleischer cartoon, the quality of animation. Yeah, Did they, I? yeah, that was a part of your yeah part of your yeah. So yeah, I think that came up as a question, but uh, yeah, I always enjoyed them. I was like, when they come on by chance, oh, yeah. I, I just sit there. And I mean, the fluidity of the animation it was Disney style animation, Rot rotoscoping. It was yeah, rotoscoping. It was rotoscoping. It was just, which is very interesting. To, Disney invented that technique, I think, or, or maybe the Fleischers did, but where you take a, a live-action human being and kind of just uh, record them and then sketch over it with animation. So yeah. it's very, very lifelike. Yes, yes. Yeah, I have, I, I have all, the, I have all the, the shorts on DVD, and I have a statue of um, Superman, in the, in the, a small statue of Superman in the Fleischer cartoon style in my office at the church. <laughs> very cool. Yeah, his costume was different. I think it almost harked back to what Brandon Routh was in that. In the crisis, didn't it have that more of that S? Black S, yeah. The black yeah. S, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Ross, Alex Ross designed that costume. He's a big fan of that too. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. Well, you got pretty much, you got uh, really all of them. I mean, the 20, 1927, I that was a great. I know you guessed, but <laughs> that was a great, uh, great guess. I was close enough, right? Close yeah, enough. Yeah. So, cool. well, very good. So this was another fun time exploring. Uh, pop culture, mainly comic books. We seem to be running on the theme of comics, but we can always diverge into other areas like Star Wars or Star Trek because we're both big fans of that as well. Um, yes, yes. But uh, I was going to say a future episode could be when we talk about priest training. Um, Green Lantern was definitely def Green Lantern was definitely you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, Green Lantern was definitely a metaphor I resonated with, and so was Luke on Dagobah. Maybe a future episode. 
can be on the Empire Strikes Back because it's now the 40th anniversary this year okay. of the movie. Well, then we'll make you do a mud run. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I don't have a puppet screaming in yeah. my ear on my, yeah. my backpack or something. Yeah, anyway. Frank Oz will be behind you running with a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, cool. fantastic. Thank you again, and enjoyable as always. And uh, we will be recording soon, probably within a week or so, next episode. Hopefully, uh, we can uh, coordinate ourselves to get a guest on here. We've been saying it. Uh, we just have to do it. <laughs> and we know people interested. Just got to get them to commit, and that would be fun. So uh, to bring a third party in and kind of in the banter and see how it goes. All right. Well, thank you again, Father. And uh, Thank you. And uh, thanks for sharing that wonderful story of uh, your journey to the priesthood. And uh, may the rings of Oa be with you. <laughs> <laughs> And also with you. Thank you. To use a a Catholic term. (laughs) Uh, And all the best to your family and your congregation, as always. And we are now, well, we're not quite near Lent, but we're we're approaching Lent. So uh, it's just funny how time flies. We're here for such a little time. And every year goes by, it moves faster. For they say the more experiences we have, the faster our lives be. And that makes sense. As a child, you don't have as many experiences. So the day seems to take on forever. And as you age, it just goes by in a blink of an eye. And a little plug. If you do have CBS Network, uh, all streaming network, watch Picard. It was great. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Father. Sounds good. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye.